This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. What happens when regular people work together to create massive, meaningful change on a global scale? Welcome to the Carbon Almanac Collective, a podcast where the volunteers who created the Carbon Almanac share the insights and aha moments they had while collaborating on this landmark project to help fight the climate crisis. I'm your host, Jennifer Myers Chua, and it's not too late to join in on the conversation. I am Anna Cosentino. I'm in New York. I have worked in different parts of the Almanac. I first came in to the Almanac to do research, and then from there I collaborated on a couple of articles that were in the Almanac in the photo PDF, and now at the beginning of the email drift, now I'm working with a small group on a map on connecting the dots. I am Michel Poro. I'm from the Netherlands, and I wrote a bunch of articles from the beginning until the end. I was involved in the fact-checking, in the resources, to make sure that all the facts are connected to sources. And I was assisting a little bit, Lisa, with the photo PDF. And now I'm just diving in just about every anywhere I can do something. Hi, um Lisa Blatt, I was the co-editor of the resources section and co-leader of that section. I also led the PDF section, and I also edited several pages in the Almanac. I'd love to hear why you joined the Carbon Almanac Project. I joined because I care about climate and anything I could do to help. I thought it would be worthwhile. I really liked the call from the email and I was intrigued by it. And at first I thought, okay, well, you know, I could dedicate, I don't know, four to eight hours a week. Brilliant. And the next thing I know is that I probably dedicate 80 hours a week (laughs) to it because it is just incredible. I first joined because I thought I could help. I could offer my service to it and and help getting it together and the more i found out about it the more i wanted to really be in it Shell, how about you yeah i I saw seth's uh, invitation and it lasted five seconds to jump on it (laughs) i've been uh, involved in environmental issues all my life and to be able to participate in a project with seth on this scale although i didn't know what scale it would be at the time in the beginning of October. It was just the the opportunity alone to be able to work with Seth and a big team in an environmental project that, that was not to be missed. It was a no-brainer completely. Does anyone have someone that they can think of in mind as really being inspiring when it comes to the fight against climate change? Well, I have a couple of heroes that are actually friends that have always been in that space, first as lawyers and activists, and eventually one is involved 
was at the Aspen Institute, went on to head a foundation in New York. So we've always had this kind of, I always saw them as they would be the ones that save us. And it's quite nice to have that connection with people, to be aware of the fights that they are fighting on a daily basis while we go on with our own things. This is a good question. I didn't prepare for that, but there's one person bringing to mind immediately. That's a Dutch scientist. Her name is Bernice Notenbom, and she is a uh, Arctic explorer. And I wrote, uh, I, I read her book, I, I attended one of her talks, and she is the kind of person that sleeps on the North Pole, uh, and then she's being she she wakes up. Because the, 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 beneath her tent, there's a split in the ice and water's coming up, the seawater. So she has been exploring the Arctic for three decades. And that, those kind of people are immensely important who dare to risk their lives to tell a story that is extremely important to hear for all of us. And and that's why we're, uh, she, I always think of her when I'm doing something for the, for the Almanac. Lisa, do you have any climate change heroes? Sure. I have several heroes, but one that immediately comes to mind is Elon Musk, just because he's really doing things that universally appeal to people that also really make a difference. And I like the fact that he's not only just looking at one industry, but he's looking at industries more globally and broadly and how they can all fit together. And all three of you contributed quite a bit to the Almanac and I had the pleasure of seeing your faces coming up in conversations constantly throughout. But was there one contribution that you made to this project that you feel the most proud of? I'm finding a great connection to this um, connecting the dots that we're starting because it was one thing that somewhat troubled me is that sometimes actions and causes are disconnected or small actions are not really connected to the big end. And so it, it has been interesting to find a way by talking to other people to make it easier for people to see the connection of what your small action can actually bring. So I know it's post-Almanac, but it is definitely one of the ones that I'm right now most intrigued by i love the pdf the the visual because i think that there is something really special for people to see the hope and the activism and not just the dire part and Mm -hmm. like have a visual connection to it and not just reading about it yeah the photos are really powerful lisa has there been a part of the almanac like a contribution that you've made here that you've really feel like you're really proud of? It's a good question. I feel like both the resources section where, you know, from ideation on where we really offer resources for a variety of different kinds of people and industry, as well as like just taking people wherever they are. So I'm Mm -hmm. very proud of that, but also the PDF from ideation onward and the opportunity to collaborate with a lot of people and see my ideas like realized, but also improved. And and just in general, it's just been a great experience. I am proud of things, but I don't want to take sole credit because 
even if I built an outline and even if I had these ideas, like people helped bring them forward. I think uh, what is very good to experience is that we can all learn something by just starting. Like, for instance, I wrote an article which seems very simple. It's what do I get for one kilogram of CO2? But it requires a lot of research. And in the beginning, I didn't know where to start. Yeah. So I just begin. And in the end, you get, you get a spread in the almanac, which is very informative and based on facts with the good sources. And it looks like a really good, I'm proud of that article. Uh, so that's like a, a material thing. And then I'm uh, very uh, proud of the fact that I have been able to secure a Dutch tr- uh, publisher within, within two days, really. What I learned is that it's not all that difficult. You just have to do it. And that counts for, that's the same counts for all the things you, we actually do. Not everything succeeds in one go, but you have to begin to yeah. be able to have a shot. And at I think it. you have to be persistent as well. You know, if people drop off the team or yeah. people get busy, just keep pushing the ideas and someone else may pick it up who's even better. So I agree with you. Like it could be easy, but even if it's difficult, it's worth doing. Yeah. And that spread that you've referred to, the one kg spread, I think we were calling it, is visually beautiful. We had an illustrator, Ray Ong, jump in and do some custom illustrations. And I think it's probably my favorite spread in in the almanac itself. Yeah, I remember that. It's amazing. She is so talented. I just I really enjoyed working on that spread with her and going back and forth and trying to figure out what we could use to represent your data. But I think that the photo PDF is also just so visually impactful, and I'm really looking forward to people getting a chance to see that. Was there one of those photos when you guys were working on that document that really stands out in your mind? Like, is there one of those photos that you just will never forget? There was, I mean, there's several photos, but one photo that really stuck out in the beginning was um, a coal plant with the smoke plumes and a windmill next to it that was contributing wind power you know just a striking difference and i just feel like those are the times that it's a cliche but a photo can really speak a thousand words yeah i i love the one also of la with such a clear view of the mountains behind it You kind of never really see LA that way. (laughs) It was just shocking. And I think, you know, also realizing that that happened while COVID was happening. So while we were going through something so devastating, we had these incredible results of clean air and nature coming back to, to cities. And it was just a bizarre contradiction that that photo brought for me. Actually, I think, uh, first of all, I must give Lisa really uh, a huge compliment for guiding this whole project. I, and I take the opportunity to, to do that in this in this talk. There was one photo that actually didn't make it to the PDF. That was this golf, people playing golf with the fires in, in the background. That's always in my on my retina, this image. But all of the images are, are just very strong and a, a very good illustration. There's not one particular, no. I think the combination and the collection and the edit is just just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt very grateful to have both of you guys on my team. So thank you here for all those contributions. 
I mean, I thank you before I know, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it was really great effort. I mean, I think that's the beauty of something like that is when you're so committed and involved, it's a pleasure to actually do it. You dedicate time to it if you have it, because you want to go back to it. You want to see it happen, which in general, I think has been my experience. And I think the experience of many with the almanac, it's like, how can I help? Where can I go next? Who's needing something? And I found for me, it was also a lesson of letting go of some things and not consider them mine. So that's why when you ask me what exactly is like one contribution, I'm proud of a lot of them, but they might not necessarily be mine 100%, which is fine. I mean, sometimes I had to like blow off my own steam and then go back, but it didn't matter. It's like, this is not my project. It's ours. Yeah, what you say is right, because we all help. The generosity is enormous. And I think the Carbon Almanac team spirit is something that we need in uh, climate change worldwide, that people start helping each other. And, and the whole way of being of how people connect with each other and help each other and give each other information, that is something that can go outside the Almanac into the way of being of how people deal with the climate. Mm-hmm. And with 1,900 of us or so having signed up at some point to work on the Almanac, Not everyone stuck through with it, but there's been a lot of connections made. And when you think about the connections made either with you and another collaborator or with us and the outside world as a collective, like I'm thinking immediately of our quest to get a copy of the book to Greta, for example, or it could just be you're working with one other person within our community. Has there been one connection that has you feeling the sense of possibility? It's a little bit difficult because... Really, by working on so many things, you get to be involved with so many different people, each of them in their own kind of category. I love, well, I mean, besides the people in around this room, I was really happy to meet Barbara because I also have a, an Italian connection with her and I look forward to seeing if we can do something with the Italian Almanac. I love the podcasting community because I'm a newbie podcaster, so I'm <laughs> learning from from everybody there. And I'm seeing how I'm really interested in developing the post book, like seeing what we can do, first of all, for the book and the movement itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lisa, any meaningful connections? I can't really choose one person and I just feel like all the collaborations were really meaningful and I feel like people gave in the best way that they could and so just grateful to be a part of it and to help lead it in certain areas and you know you always learn from everyone else so it's been a great experience. There's so, so many. You for instance, <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> you have, you I see you all over the platform giving hands and helping and but there are two, two uh, a couple uh, other collaborators, and one of them is Lynn. She has always been so intensely intelligent and friendly and clever and ethical about everything, about the facts, about the storylines. So I was so happy to have been able to learn from her so much. And then there was Scott, 
another guy that he's just unstoppable, this guy. And there's, uh, there are so many, many more people that the list goes on that I can see as, as examples and each in a different way mm-hmm. of how to interact with other people on a platform like this. And the general feeling is that helping others and not oneself is the theme. Yeah. And an open question to everyone. How are you going to take that energy that we've formed here and mobilize and lead outside of the Almanac community in our collective efforts against the climate emergency? I'm so fortunate that there's a Dutch publisher who's really enthusiastic and the translation is almost done or well on the way. And he has a small but active marketing team. So I have a, that's a gift. I can, in my country, I can sort of copy paste what I've learned in the Almanac team and the international team and help promote the book and create awareness in my country. So that's one of the things that I will be doing, of course. Anyone else? Well, in a way, I'm hoping to see the the Italian version as well, because, you know, it gives me the same opportunity that Michelle just talked about to kind of continue. I have always liked the participating in in some form of activism. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a way to to continue participating the best way that I can be. And Lisa, how about you? Are you taking any of this energy forward into the outside world? I guess I'm going to continue energy that I had towards these issues. Um, someone asked me to speak in a group and when I had told her what we are working on. So she wants me to speak and there's going to be a lot of students in the audience. That's awesome. I love the idea of connecting with students and connecting with youth outside of this as well. And I think that's kind of why I'm excited to see what happens with the educator's guide personally. Yeah, actually, I was talking to them as well because I I know that they want to try and... um try some of the exercises or the plans that they have for students. And I will help them, if I can, connect to a couple of schools or teachers here that are interested in in experimenting and bringing the curriculum in those schools. Yeah, I'm really excited about that mobilization, like the mobilization to the youth, the mobilization to the educators, What are you looking most forward to seeing happen from this? Like what part of what we're working on within the marketing portion of the Almanac? Are you excited to see like come into fruition? I I think an actual active response to it, because we all have books and we all buy them and read them or not read them and have them there. But the whole point, I think, now the almanac is beyond that, right? It's trying to get an action going, a collective action. And I feel that there are a few things that can come from it. The first one is to join because the movement is already out there and especially amongst young people. It's felt uh, in a much stronger way. And I think giving them all the support and allowing almost maybe be a conduit with 
the caramel almanac could be an amazing way of amplifying it and changing the conversation into we have this time to do things. The, the, it's not too late for me is the most important phrase of the almanac in a way. Like, yeah, yeah, there is time. I mean, why are you waiting? You know, what are you waiting for? There is time to do a lot of great things. That to me is going to be really important. I don't know how it'll unfold. It's all kind of, I don't know. We are already, as you said, you know, 1900 people signed up, right? That's a lot of people. It's not a small number. So already just with the, if they were to act from what we're giving them, if this is a tool, I think the possibility to grow is quite exponentially is pretty big. And Lisa, you must have been knowing that Getty was willing to get on board and work with us. Like that must have been pretty inspiring to see that other people get what we're trying to do here. Do you think? Well, I feel like there's a lot of people that get what we're trying to do and a lot of people care. And I think it's always good to focus on hope and what can we do versus the opposite. So I guess in some ways I wasn't surprised because I just have expectations that if you make the effort, things will happen. And I always believe in educating. So like, even though I think we started education and resources a little bit, like it's amazing how it's grown into something huge that I think can make a big difference. And I think that's the really important thing with this almanac. It's giving people tools wherever they are to help them make the movement even bigger and to take action that's going to make a difference. I'm wondering what, or if anyone has any comments on what it's been like working with people from 90 countries. I think we a couple of weeks ago, we were at 50 countries. We've all of a sudden ballooned to 90 countries or something that there's representatives and collaborators and and contributors from all these places over the world. Do you have any thoughts about what that experience has been like? I actually love it because I was really pushing in resources. We really wanted to have a diverse, um, diverse resources in terms of DEI, but just in general, like I want to hear what people are thinking about in different yeah. cities and different countries. You know, I think everyone brings such interesting, unique perspectives, even though we all care about the same issues. So I think it's fantastic. Like, I think the more, the better, because everyone has their own unique experience. Absolutely agree. I mean, the the only crazy part about that is trying to coordinate a call with people from everywhere. There is always somebody that is like one in the morning. Oh. But apart from that, it's so great just to think, even just on this phone call, you know, my husband was asking me, like, who's going to be on this call? And it's like, we're all in different places. We're all, you know, on different time zones. But at the same time, we've all connected through this. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I think one of the fun thing is, like, in the podcast space, we're working on a kid's pod. And today I was working on editing that. And just the number of accents in this one podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's amazing. But in the end, what Lisa just said is really important. Like, it's the fact that everybody brings a different experience to the Absolutely. same subject. So the points of view are completely different. They come from a different place. And, and a, yeah, that makes the difference perhaps in the results that are then in the almanac. 
Yeah. Michelle, do you have anything to comment about that? Um, what, what I think is, is, is important is that, like Lisa said, we're from, and, and all of you, like we're from all over the world, that climate change is a universally experienced fear mm-hmm. or problem. It's not, it's, it's we, it's not me, but it's all of us. We all feel this problem. And the good thing about the Almanac is that we're all working vol- uh, as volunteer. And we find it so important that we give our time for months on end to work on this. And But it doesn't feel like work because it is important. It's like we, we have to. We have to do it <laughs> because it's... it's how, how can I say? It's not uh, something we have to do because someone tells us we have to do it. But if we don't, the next generation will have to fix it, what we have caused and what the last generation has caused. So it's a universal, um, universally driven energy, I think, that's behind this. And that's also why the Almanac will be a huge success in terms of impact, I think. I would like to hear all three of you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the next generation, on the children, on the adults of the future. Do you think that this work that we're doing right here, like how do you think that's going to impact them? Well, I think that we are seeing actually a very alert and motivated youth movement right now. And in fact, Friday is going to be... Fridays for Future, a global climate strike. And I am actually happy to see that there is a movement going. It needs all our support. What we're doing is is really not personal. It has to be more generous than personal. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. Michelle, what do you think about the kids? Do you think that the kids, what we're doing is, is good for the kids? I think so. I'm sure it is. We created this. It's us and our parents and, and their parents. But nobody did that because they wanted to cause any harm. They, they We just did it because, uh, yeah, it was allowed and we didn't think about it. And now only we begin to think about it. And because... It's all coming together like mm-hmm. the kids are becoming aware and they cannot do it alone, but they still need us to help them. So it's, it's the kids who are the greatest and millions of other children mm-hmm. and us, we're doing it together to inform. It's just the, there's the, the knowledge is here, but we need to repeat it. Yeah, I think actually Greta has been an amazing catalyst. Here comes a kid that other children and young adults can really connect to. And it's a different kind of activist because she speaks for them in the same language, the same age, with the same fears, and, and is able to express them and take them all the way. Uh, I mean, through her, through her activism. I mean, seriously. And, and I think that that made the change. That was the moment where things started changing, where kids started getting, you know, have found 
somebody representing them and therefore able to to be more involved. I think that all the tools that we're giving for the kids, for the educators, are going to be as important as the whole almanac, actually. And coincidentally, I meet many more people than 10, 15 years ago, couples that don't want to have children now. Not against having children, but it's just, I noticed this. There's a trend of parents, young parents, who are fearful for the future and not without reason. Absolutely. So, so, you know, the almanac can help everybody by making right decisions. And those decisions can also include having children, but in a, in with a different behavior. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it helps... I don't think that any of us would be working on this project if we didn't have at least a little bit of hope, right? Absolutely. Like, it's one of the things that connects all of us, like all of the personalities that have come together on the Almanac. I always joke and say that the Akimbo verse is full of people that just have big heart, but also hope is part of that too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think you always have to have hope. And I think this group is defined both by hope and that everyone's willing to work for something that's a greater good than just themselves. And has this experience changed any of you? Do any of you feel profoundly changed by what's going on here? I don't know if I can say profoundly changed, but I, well, there are a few things. Definitely more committed. I can say that without a doubt. The change that I think is most, I wouldn't have expected was how it is actually possible to do something with so many people volunteering and, and somehow this process of things finding a way of developing and finishing is, was most amazing to me. Just really powerful because we're so used to each one. We do our own thing. And then, you know, we deliver that thing. Usually work is much more divided in compartments. That this this was great. I could really, people were allowed to try something that might not fall under their respective job description and yeah. and do it and deliver it. You don't get many chances like that. That was the great thing. Michelle, did you want to add something to that? Well, of course, I learned an incredible amount of information on, uh, if you write an article, you just have to look up everything and make sure you understand what you're talking about. So I learned a lot about different topics. That's the intrinsic part of it. Then I learned that I can do much more than I thought I could. Yeah. Uh, like getting a, a publisher, getting people to do stuff, companies to do stuff. And it's not, it's made easier because this whole project is so credible and important. And then that's interesting. I, I just started changing my own lifestyle. Just buy less stuff. Yeah. I haven't bought a single thing since I started since I started working on this project. And uh, we don't need to be to continue to buy stuff to be happy. And there's another thing. The one thing that really uh, helps me a lot. Really, I used to think I'm too small to make a difference. So you don't. 
If you yeah. do a lot of small things, not, or, or you do them, it has an effect. And that's what I uh, started to implement from the beginning of this project. I think we have something about making small changes. I can't remember what it was called, though. Yeah. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but there were definitely conversations about that. And also about, you know, the power of one person and how yeah. you build um, a collective action. I don't know. I mean, we definitely talked about it. Yeah, live by example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I definitely defended that idea when people are jumping all over it. Because I felt like it is important that people feel empowered to do something and that those small things become the big things. At least that's how I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really that's really important. Those small changes have effects. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm thinking that it's gonna be important also to show how the small changes can reach the bigger issues. I yeah. can give an example. I stopped using my car. Uh, you do everything within a 30 uh, or 40 mile, a 30 kilometer radius. I do by bicycle. And now some of my friends are doing the same. So just because, not because I tell them to, but because I do. And they think, oh, that's a, that's a neat idea to change behavior by showing that it's possible. Because you're a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. And they think it's fun too. So there's two and then there's three and then there's 10. Exactly. And the same is with a lot of other, um, in a way, that's how movements are started, right? It's like one small action and then from that small action, it spreads to more people or chapters in different towns and therefore in different countries. And, you know, it's like this growing. That's what we're going for. You've been listening to the Carbon Almanac Collective. This podcast is part of the Carbon Almanac Podcast Network. For more information, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Subscribe and join us next time to get more insights from regular people mobilizing to help the world fight the climate emergency.